0: If you dare. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers
3: game with Gil Alexander on V-CIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game here on v Happy to be with you Friday morning. I'm Jeff Parles. Ben Wilson's here as well. We got a good show lined up for everyone out there today. Let's just tell you who we have on the show. Well, of course, we're going to slow jam. Vinny Maliolo at the end of the program, as we always do. Paul Carr. Paul Carr has a trio of picks in the EPL. And then we have the beginning of the MLS season. The MLS season actually begins tomorrow, so Paul actually has a future to look at potentially in the MLS. And then Mo Moden covers the NFL for Bleacher Report and also uh, works for Silver and Black. Today will be with us uh, in 15 minutes. Time we'll let's go through a lot of the stories of the off season with Mo. 15 minutes from now, Ben. Uh, ben, it's good to have you back. By the way, good to have you back for good a second. Good to be
2: back. MLS really it's starting?
3: How you, you know you and I? You and I were talking about this yesterday a little bit. It's the earliest start in league history for the MLS. And I I know this is exactly what our listeners want to hear right now. But because of the World Cup being as late as it is, remember, it gets really hot in Qatar in the summer to the point where they can't have the World Cup in the summer in Qatar. Breaking news. Only if FIFA knew that when they gave them the World Cup. We all know why that was. So the World Cup begins in November this year, so the MLS moving their season up to by far the earliest start start ever, easily a month earlier than it's ever been before. So we'll get that with Paul at uh, ten forty five looking forward to that. Uh, shout out to Ben Wilson. Shout out to Ben Wilson. Easy again. Versailles Dortmund does it again. Uh, again. Over, over three with ease yesterday it's in only, Europa uh, League.
2: Only 18 of the last 19 now, <laughs> Jeff. And this was, we, uh, we had three in the first half, so they did not make us wait long last night it was in, no, uh, in Scotland.
3: It was no sweat. It was no sweat. By the way, Rangers did advance over Dortmund there in the Europa League. Last night, college hoops-wise on the show, we split the two that I gave out. Murray State just eviscerated Belmont in what was an unbelievably impressive performance defensively from Murray. They did about their average offensive game, but defensively speaking, they held Belmont to 32%, 19% from three, and held Belmont to 43 points, which is an incredible defensive effort against one of the better offensive teams in the country. So we won that, and then, look, what are you going to do? Illinois loses outright against Ohio State, 86-83. Liddell played and played very well. And that game had all sorts of referee chaos in it. Cokeburn fouled out. Brad Underwood got tossed. And Ohio State nearly blew a 14-point lead in the last three minutes. Really just a chaotic ending there in Champaign where Ohio State did everything in their power at the end but survives to win by three. And a big win for Ohio State – who now at least, again, they were clearly a tournament team. They're playing for seeding. But has a chance now to possibly move themselves up to a 4-5 line, maybe, if they make a run in the Big Ten tournament in two weeks from now. Illinois probably still safely in those top 16 seeds, regardless of what happens to them the remainder of the year, as long as they don't completely fall apart down the stretch. Illinois uh, plays Michigan on Sunday, and then two teams that aren't any good, Penn State and Iowa. Iowa's not bad, but both of those games at Assembly Hall later. So uh, a little bit of a little bit of a chance there for Illinois to at least continue on in uh, keeping a top 16 seed. Last night, though, Ben, Gonzaga goes on the road. They beat S- San Francisco by 16, a good cover for the Zags. We have mentioned it on the show through this week. We've mentioned it on a primetime action as well. Chet Holmgren has figured out college basketball in a big way Holmgren last night at 21 and 15 and six blocks and three steals easily the west coast conference player you're making a late charge for the national player of the year award right now chet holmgren is and ben there we look there were some doubts of how quickly would it take him to adapt because he was just so skinny and still is so skinny you and i were both at the UCLA Gonzaga game it was jarring to see how skinny his legs were in person. But it doesn't matter how skinny he is. He has a skill set we just haven't seen much from a guy that height that actually ended up playing college basketball in recent years. And Gonzaga, look, you'll always beat the tractors of Gonzaga's, uh, Gonzaga's program. Oh, they don't play in a good conference. Oh, they don't play a great schedule. All that jazz. That's not the case this year. Now, you can make the argument that they may not be as good as they were last year, and you know what? You very well may be right, because Jalen Suggs, as good as Holmgren is, very well was better was, was better than Holmgren, especially when you go guard versus big guy and importance in college basketball. But this Gonzaga team played a loaded non-con schedule. They played Texas, destroyed them. They lost the Duke here in Vegas. They destroyed UCLA here. Bama shot over 50% from three. What are you going to do in that game? And Texas Tech, they destroyed. And then they're 13-0 in WCC play. If they beat St. Mary's, they'll go undefeated in WCC play yet again. This Gonzaga team, again, we we had the power rankings earlier in the week in college basketball. Gonzaga was number one for me. I, there's going to be no reason to move them off. And, Ben, we have said this throughout the week on this show and on Primetime Action – If you're looking to bet futures here, there's only one team in college basketball where if your team gets drawn in that region, you're probably in big trouble, and that's Gonzaga.
2: The reason why I've been looking at (laughs) eastern-based, southern-based college basketball teams to make futures bets, Jeff. And, and yeah, and you think back to the game we were at at T-Mobile, and, I mean, watching a guy like that, Take get it, catch a rebound in the paint, go coast to coast, unencumbered with little like twigs for legs, and then have a coast to coast vicious slam. It was one for and being in a college game and him being a true freshman, it was one of the more remarkable things I have have seen in, in, in at least several years, Jeff, watching college hoops. So yes, and um, it, did we get a little too cute? Maybe everybody falling in love with the San Francisco double-digit home dog last night. I maybe y- 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 And we maybe forget like it's we're in the dog days right of the regular season we're we're now just anxious like just get us to tournament time and sometimes we get into these spots where it's like all right san francisco they just need one more signature win yeah well <laughs> you're trying to beat a team who has absolutely owned you for the better part of two decades and is as good as they have ever been maybe not as good as you mentioned jeff as last year tall order and uh, for todd golden's uh, Ta- todd golden's don's last night
3: the only thing i will say like if you go box score diving here Look, Gonzaga, shoots, Gonzaga shot 55% from the field yesterday, Ben. The only problem with that is that's pretty close to season average for them. The big difference last night, and look, it very easily could be the difference from covering and not covering. San Francisco struggled from the free throw line at of 17 And they struggled actually on point-blank range last night. So, I look, both Wes and I took 10.5 last night on PTA. Wes Reynolds, that is, of course. And PTA's course primetime action, which you hear Monday through Friday on Vison here at the seven o'clock Eastern time at night. I don't feel bad I process wasn't wrong. Zach, look, when you bet it when when you bet it when you're going when you're going against really good teams, you can lose when the really good team plays well. And guess what? The best team in the country played well last night. So that's a hard task for anyone, especially in that conference. As good as we think St. Mary's, San Francisco, and BYU can be in that conference, what are you going to do? Zach is just unbelievably good, as they've been now for years and years, and a legit number one seed. Ben, you brought up a good point. We were looking to go futures hunting here. If you have a Kentucky ticket, you should feel pretty good, because at this point, Kentucky's going to avoid being shipped out west. You, you at least have to be a little bit concerned about anyone else that could possibly be on that two-line if, if you have a ticket. Unless if Kansas falls back to a two-line, you're probably safe with them. They're not going to get shipped out west. But Baylor tickets, Texas Tech tickets, especially Duke and Purdue tickets, that, that those teams could very easily get shifted out west for a two-seed. If you get Purdue and Zagat, there is probably not a total high enough to make it that game. Probably not. Probably yeah. not. You're probably looking at, last, if last night was 158, you'd probably be in the 160s for that game. Because you're talking about the, probably the two best offenses in the country and Purdue, Purdue's defense who just isn't any good. So, I, look, that, that is the thing. When you're looking for college basketball futures now, it is a little bit complex because we don't know the bracket. And we've mentioned this throughout the week. Just tread carefully. Because all of a sudden you can have a ticket. Again, we talked about Arkansas a lot this week. Arkansas is probably playing themselves into a four seed. You might have a great a ticket that you love, like a, a 20 to one that's still available to make the final four. Pretty good number on Arkansas. Well, if they get the four seed in the West and Gonzaga they and beating Gonzaga, it's kind of like last year where we thought they, they could make a run. They made the Elite Eight. They ran it to Baylor, who they just couldn't beat, Ben. Just couldn't beat Baylor.
2: Maybe why you look at two of the conference tournament futures, which are going to be very interesting. And I I still cannot be talked off the Oregon ledge. And last (laughs) last night didn't do anything to change that. And they're, I mean, (laughs) circa they're plus 1450 to win the Pac-12 tournament. I mean, you're Mm -hmm. really telling me that one in – Fourteen and a half times they don't you know they don't win that tournament. To me, those I'm sure those odds are going to shorten uh, this morning after that upset win over UCLA. But that those are the type of markets I will be looking at probably more so in the end, Jeff, than uh, than, than looking at NCAA tournament futures.
3: No, look, uh, you can find some numbers that make a lot of sense in these conference tournaments. Again, as always, just do the math. If you want to do a rollover parlay, more times than not, you're going to get a better number than the futures market. But You don't have to pay attention every single day. If you take just a regular future, you don't have to be on the ball, making sure you're betting everything right. But I look, we talked about Ben. We've talked about this with Oregon. Dana Altman just finds a way to get his team ready to go in the right spots, especially once the conference tournament comes around Oregon, by the way, who has suffered some really just horrendous losses in conference play. uh, This year, home losses to Colorado and Cal beat by 24 at Arizona state earlier this year. He'll probably sweep the L.A. teams after beating UCLA last night by five. Mo Moden joins us next, covers the NFL for Bleacher Report. What offseason storylines? Probably looking at Aaron Rodgers and company. Is Mo, is Mo taking track of? We're going to get that next. Mo Moden, a numbers game visa.
0: If you dare.
3: It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, it's BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odd specials, and many more. Download BetMGM today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, Call 1-800-522-4700. It is a numbers game here on VSin. Happy to be with you here on a Friday morning, a cold Friday morning here in Las Vegas, live from the South Point. And now with us, he covers the National Football League for Bleach Report. He also is the co-host of Silver and Black today. It is Mo Moden with us right now. Mo, thanks for being with us this morning.
4: Early morning. Last time we spoke, I bombarded you with a bunch of crappy prop bets. <laughs> We're back again.
3: Hey, happy to, to you, Mo. Mo it's uh, it's a little bit different Super Bowl week. Uh, I, I think we're I, I think we're all in the same camp on just having at least too many prop bets for the big game. But Mo, we're into the off now, and 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 look, there are a lot of storylines across the board. You have Aaron Rodgers, who seemingly can't make up his mind, even though he apparently has already. Uh, Russell Wilson may be on the move after removing the Seahawks from his social media today. We love when that happens, Mo. But uh, as we go through this offseason, quarterbacking-wise, the one big difference, Mo, that we have to look at is most of these will have to be done by trades if we get quarterback movement. Take Rodgers out of it. Who's the big quarterback name that you expect to be moved this offseason? Ooh.
4: Ah. I would say Russell Wilson. Okay. I know I know it got calm a little bit because I know I believe a couple of weeks ago it was said that he was expecting to stay in Seattle. But I don't think he's happy because this is the second all season in a row now we're hearing these rumors about him maybe exploring his options. And I think I think Seattle if they can get some for uh, you know multiple first round picks for Russell Wilson I think they'll think about starting it over just to just to blow it up and kind of give him a fresh start and give the
3: team a fresh start. Where, where do you think would be the best destination for Russ then? Selfishly, I would say the Raiders, but
4: uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Raiders fans don't want to hear that. But um, I think Washington would be a perfect spot, even though maybe not for Russ because of the fact that he would have less weapons in Washington. All they have is Terry McLaurin, they have Antonio Gibson. Uh, He'll be leaving behind Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. But, I mean, there are some trade murmurs about DK Metcalf maybe getting moved for a first-round pick. So maybe Seattle goes through a full rebuild, and they trade both Russ and DK Metcalf, Hmm. and maybe Washington drafts a wide
3: receiver in the first round of of the draft. Right now, of course, uh, Washington. uh, Now the Washington commanders, as we know. We know uh, there was a report earlier this week that they want to make a big splash in uh, the quarterback market, even though, uh, again, I don't know how many quarterbacks actually would want to go to Washington at this point. Moa, of course, free agency really gets underway. Uh, You actually wrote about this earlier in the week at uh, Bleacher Report. Uh, If not the biggest name, one of the biggest defensive names on the board, the best corner for sure, J.C. Jackson, of course, at the Patriots, hits the market uh, this offseason. And we're going to start seeing betting markets for a few of these free agents start come up. Who would would the, the teams that you would expect to at least be in the running or even the best fits for Jackson and free agency. Well, if Seattle wants to keep their nucleus together. I would bring him in. Uh, DJ
4: Reed is a, going to be a free agent. Sidney Jones is going to be a free agent. As we know, they had some coverages on the back end. I believe they gave the second most yards on uh, in pass and pass defense. So he would be a great addition there. I bring up the Raiders again. They they're going to need a cornerback. Cause I believe Casey Hayward is going to follow Gus Bradley to the Indianapolis Colts, where he's now a defensive coordinator and Patrick Graham likes to – he thinks man coverage is important. J.C. Jackson arguably the best man cover corner in the league right now, so it's a perfect fit with the Raiders.
3: Mo, just looking at other free agents, of course, Devontae Adams is the best name out there, even though the expectation is that Green Bay will franchise tag him. But other than that, as you see on your, on your screen at vcin.com, there are a lot of good wide receivers available past Adams. Godwin Allen Robinson Mike Williams Michael Gallup Odell Beckham's a free agent even though of course he tours ACL in the Super Bowl of that second group and basically everyone past Adams here who is the one guy that you think goes elsewhere and is able to make the biggest impact right away. I
4: think Allen Roberts is the guy that goes elsewhere. Just seemed disinterested in Chicago. I know Justin Fields. I'm actually high on Justin Fields, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I believe he just wants to change his scenery. And if he goes somewhere else, the Colts, I know they're talking, there's issues with their quarterback situation. Is Carson Wentz going to be there or not? But let's say they do keep Carson Wentz. I think Allen Robbins would be a perfect fit in Indianapolis because they need some help other than other than Michael Pittman Jr., so, at Washington, I brought up Washington in the previous conversation. They, they're going to need another wide receiver other than Terry McLaurin. So, there are a couple of wide receiver-needed teams that I think Allen Robinson can make an immediate impact on day one.
3: Mo, just looking at the AFC, of course, uh, you, you work for Bleacher Report Silver and Black today. So, you really have a, an eye on the AFC West. Uh, just looking at the AFC West as a whole, obviously, Kansas City is going to be the betting favorite to win the division yet again. uh, Denver's currently going to be the second betting favorite. A lot of that market is skewed because of Aaron Rodgers and then the Chargers and then the Raiders. Uh, Just looking at this division, it was strong last year. What do you anticipate off season wise, movement wise, from at least the non from not Kansas City, from the teams that matched up Week 18, the Raiders and the Chargers, because those are the two teams that, even though the Raiders were in the playoffs last year, those are the two teams that really need to have a good off season to at least hang in and and stay in that playoff mix.
4: Well, Chargers have to shore up their defensive line. Uh, teams ran all over them last year. I think they're going to add a couple of uh, interior defensive linemen to shore that up. As far as the Raiders are concerned, I, I believe the Raiders are going to extend Derek Carr very soon, near, very near future, other than talks that he's going to probably get a $40 million extension per year. So I, I think they're going to stick with Derek Carr, which is fine, because I think you can win a lot of games with Derek Carr. They showed it last year through all the chaos they've been through. The other thing with the Raiders, as I mentioned, they have they have to shore up the secondary. They need turnovers. Raiders had the fewest interceptions last year. So if that defense wasn't taking another step up, balance that offense— They're going to need a ball hawk on the back end. Uh, As far as the wide receiver position, I I believe they attacked that position for agency and the draft. Allen Robinson will also fit with the Raiders because they need a guy on the outside. I know Hunter Renfro had a great season, but he stepped up in the absence of Henry Ruggs, his unfortunate situation being let go. Darren Wall was hurt down the stretch. They need to go to wide receiver. So I believe if they fix their secondary, upgrade the secondary, add a wide receiver, I think the Raiders will be back in the mix, back in the playoff mix, I should say.
3: Mo uh, let, let's take teams that missed the playoffs this past year didn't uh, go either conference of course the candidates that you would anticipate could make go from out to in pretty easily we mentioned the Chargers Baltimore who missed the playoffs after starting eight and three last year who are the teams that you're looking at that missed the playoffs last year that you would be looking to bet to in a to make the playoff market once those numbers come out. I'll go with the two
4: purple teams. I'll okay. go both. them, as you just mentioned, because I believe they—they're they're a playoff team. They just had a bunch of injuries, as you as you know, before the season even started, had a bunch of injuries. at running back Marcus Peters was out. So I believe as long as they're healthy, Lamar Jackson's back, he gets his money on an extension, they're back in the playoffs. I think that's a safe bet. The Minnesota Vikings, even though they have a new coaching staff, I—I'm not going to say I'm a Kirk Cousins truth or anything. But I think with the new head coach coming in, Kevin O'Connell from the Rams, I think he props up Kirk Cousins. They got Justin Jefferson, Adam Dielen, Dalvin Cook. They have weapons. They just need to fix their defense. A little additions there. I think they're back in the playoff mix. Of course, if, if Rodgers is traded then or retires, definitely Minnesota wins that division because Detroit, Chicago are still rebuilding. But I think even if Rodgers stays, Minnesota has played Green Bay close so they can get back to the playoffs.
3: I'm with you on Minnesota, Mo. If, uh, if Minnesota gets this offseason right and – Look, uh, Deshaun Watson. There was a report that Deshaun Watson actually would be interested in going to Minnesota. You flip Watson for Cousins. Even though I'm kind of in your camp, I like Cousins. But if Deshaun Watson is able to play, if the uh, off the field issues get sorted out, Deshaun Watson is better than Kirk Cousins. It's just no debate there, Mo.
4: No, no debate there. And you know there are a lot of teams connected to him. But it, I mean, if he, anyone who quarterbacks Minnesota and is a capable starting caliber quarterback can take that team to the playoffs because they've been kind of 500 on the borderline anyway. Mm-hmm. They, if, if, they, if they just get upgraded quarterback play, again, add some guys on the back end, a replacement for Anthony Barrow, who's going to be a free agent, a little older, getting some injuries, they'll be fine. They'll be back in the playoffs.
3: He's Mo Moden. You can get him on the tweets at Mo Moden. Find his great work at Bleacher Report and uh, Silver and Black today as well. Mo, it's a pleasure. Thanks for being with us this morning. All right, appreciate you, Jeff. Thank you. Absolutely, always good to catch up with Mo. There, of course, uh, get him on the tweets as I said at Mo Moden. You can also find his Twitter account at ours at Veasan Live, where you get all of our great content, including a video from earlier this week of Ben Wilson sweating at a first half live under on primetime. Act. Great content, Jeff. Excellent great content. Great Always check out our Twitter account at Veasan Live as well. We're going to the NBA next. Uh, DeMar DeRozan continued his historic streak. Do we have to really start considering him a legitimate MVP candidate? That's next. A numbers game. VEASAN. An early start on your College Hoops tournament betting with VSIN's full court bracket betting coverage. Starting Sunday, March 13th, with six hours of free video streaming on VSIN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game, the VSIN College Hoops experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, will analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making a line to find the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket and round one of tournament betting with the VSIN College Hoops experts on Sunday, March 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern, free on vsin.com. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. Jeff Parles here, Ben Wilson there. Happy to be with you. Paul Carr with us in 15 minutes. Talking more footy with Paul Carr. It's been a big two weeks for our guy Paul Carr here on uh, on the show. We get the Champions League Tuesday. We get the EPL and MLS Friday. Now, with again the MLS, nothing like starting a, a sport that you have to be outside for that isn't football in February.
2: With, uh, Minnesota United is the uh, they they are the curtain raiser. We'll see. I'm still I'm still mad about my uh, my on principle play my under two and a half in the USA Honduras match that took place in the in the the criminally cold conditions where the Honduran goalkeeper l- legitimately like was almost hop, hospitalized because of hypothermia and I lost 3-0 I'm still mad about that shame on you USA you forgot the <laughs> you, you, for, you forgot to care about cup as well this weekend jeff
3: oh i'm sorry that's right the yeah. uh, hold on wait there's two. There's two domestic cups in England. Is this the? Uh, this is the. This is the League Cup as okay. opposed to the FA Cup. Okay. All right. this is the one with less teams in the tournament. Correct. Correct. Okay. The FA Cup. Everyone gets to go there in England. Look at that. Yes. I actually know what I'm talking about. That's Even good. Even Dagenham and Redbridge get to go to the FA Cup. Uh you might as well have just said gibberish to me. In all honesty, uh, but let's uh, let's go to the NBA here real quick. Uh, last night, first off, DeMar DeRozan. At this point, Ben, we have talked about it at, at length. The MVP race really is Jokic versus Embiid with Giannis having the potential to slide in. Demar DeRozan, if the Bulls get the one seat, at least has to be fully considered here now. And we talked about this a little bit last week. And as we went through the, uh, the bye week almost per se between the all-star break and games resuming last night, by the way, the Bulls cover the closing number. And most numbers that were out there last night against the Hawks, 112-108, the game goes way under the 240-and-a-half. DeRozan in the month of February, Ben, 36 points a game on 58% shooting, six boards, five-and-a-half assists. He said to join Michael Jordan as the only player to average, th- average 35 points plus a month on 55% shooting in the three-point era. That's 1980. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'd say that's pretty that's good pretty company. Good. Yeah. Pretty good company. And and look, for the Bulls who... Again, Ben, we've just been waiting for the Bulls to fall off. We've been waiting for this to happen. Oh, they, they're too injured. Oh, they their schedule's too difficult down the stretch. They're going to fall off. Then they just continue to defy logic. They're 18 games over five they They're solely in possession of first place in the Eastern Conference now after winning six in a row, including last night. The Bulls, by the way, uh, don't, uh, do play tomorrow. They'll play Memphis, where John Morant seemingly escaped significant injury against the Timberwolves. They even actually returned to that game in a loss last night, 119-114. Minnesota won that one. But, Ben, I, I think we're at the point where the Bulls get the one seed – DeRozan is on the level of Embiid and Jokic. I think you have to at least put him there. I don't think he's going to get there. I think he was too far behind. Uh, Micah Adams made this point last night that it was just the other guys just do more. DeRozan's really just a scorer more than anything, even though his number's very impressive in the month of February when there were a lot more injuries on the Chicago side. By the way, this morning, in adjusted MVP odds on Ben MGM, DeRozan is all the way down to 13-1. to 1. That is the lowest he has been all season. Only Steph Curry, Giannis, Jokic, and MB shorter now, Ben. I'll say this, too.
2: If you want to make the, the case for him at this point, Jeff, and, and the thing here, too, and it's what we always say about trying to handicap these MVP races or any race that is essentially decided by a panel of voters – I don't know how much he can trust the voters to really look into the the minutiae of things like this, but just look at DeRozan in in the clutch this season, Jeff, and it's not just like the anecdotal. We've seen him make so many game winners this year. I saw Rob Schaefer tweet this out about an hour ago. He has played 99 quote-unquote clutch minutes this season, Jeff. He has, in those minutes, 120 points. That's second in the NBA of, of people who've played you know their, their clutch minutes. He's first in the NBA in... In, in the clutch minutes in field goal percentage, free throw percentage, 16 assists to three turnovers, and he has a plus 58 in those minutes. That is fifth Jeez. in the NBA. One through four, I should point out, are all Phoenix Suns. <laughs> okay, so you could make the argument DeMar DeRozan has been the best clutch player in the entire league this season and has essentially single-handedly pulled the Bulls, and if they end up getting the one seed – do writer will the writers actually look at that and value that? I don't know, but that is the case more so than the than the Jordan comp, which is crazy on its own, that you could make for saying, Look, DeMar DeRozan might actually be the most valuable player to his team and, and in the league this year. No,
3: I look those those are incredible stats. <laughs> they really are. I do like that. The four, that four Phoenix Suns are at the top of that list. Yes. Just showing you how Paul bridges, good... Booker Crowder, you're one through four in plus minus clutch minutes. This J- just showing how good that closing unit for Phoenix is more than anything there, Ben. Uh, but uh, look, uh, and it's funny to say this on a night where Jokic went 25, 12 and nine last night with four steals and a, a uh, win for Denver on the road at the Kings who just continue to stink. Uh, Denver covered all numbers there, but look up. And tonight we get the debut of James Harden in Philadelphia. He's going to play for the Sixers. So tonight is the first night that we get to see the beginning of the mesh between Harden and Embiid. And again, I've said it this whole week, Philadelphia three-point favorites on the road, Minnesota playing a home back-to-back here, second of the back-to-back, of course, beating Memphis last night. I still am really intrigued to see how Embiid and Harden mesh. I don't think they're going to mesh quickly. I think by the time the playoffs roll around, they will have meshed. But I'm not certain this happens over the last six weeks of the regular season. And when you're betting the MVP market, again, I'm still on Team Jokic. I think he should win the award. That team around him is terrible. Embiid's supporting cast is better. And Jokic just does more than DeRozan. That's why Jokic, to me, is still the guy that I would vote for for a second consecutive year. And also, too, the difference between him on the court and him off the court, at this moment, the largest in NBA history for one single player for the team's plus-minus when he's on and he's off. So Jokic is the guy still for me. But again, I am really intrigued to see how long it takes for Embiid and Harden to get it right together. Could... I would, put, I would set it at the entire regular season. It could take that long. And also, too, even if they do mesh, just the way Harden is, Embiid's numbers, no fault to his own here, Embiid's numbers can go down. And if Jokic continues on the same pace, and even if Embiid drops a little bit, Ben, we saw the ESPN straw poll with a lot of media members at the All-Star break. It was a four-point difference between Jokic, a four-vote difference between Jokic and Embiid. That's airtight. So any... Regression from Embiid or Jokic, for that matter, regardless of who it is, either of them, that's going to just push the other guy above him. So again, I, plus two seventy-five right now at Bet MGM. There may still be some plus three twenty-five out there at other shops. I still think that's a bet on Jokic right now. I really do, Ben.
2: I agree with you on that. The, the thing I'll say the, I, the, to me, the pushback on the 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 Jokic and or I should say the uh, you know, the Embiid Harden meshing, so to speak, is essentially that. Well, this team is just not going to be – they will be extremely predictable. They will not have much in the way of flow, movement, unpredictability, which is what we – especially in today's NBA, we value above a lot of other things. But you could also come back to that, Jeff, and say, all right, look, if you're going to be a team that is predictable, you want to have two guys who are as efficient as anybody at what they do at their particular position. So, sure, this 76ers team – it's why I believe Philadelphia is going to have more success in that short term maybe than some people think – Sure, you are going to be predictable. You know what you're going to get out of Philadelphia. It's going to be a lot of Harden from the perimeter, a lot of Embiid uh, and the interior. But those two are so good at what they do, assuming Harden once he, once he returns to full health, Jeff. That's why I'm still not – I still wouldn't rule out, like we talked at the discussion on primetime action, the whole regular season scoring leader race. I still would not, would not rule out Embiid winning that. He is your current leader right now by a few percentage points. That doesn't have anything to do with MVP necessarily because of the points you made on Jokic but my point is just because you're predictable as an offense doesn't mean you can't have success and hyper high levels of efficiency.
3: No, I, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean that's just when you're when you're elite talent, of course you can, that can happen. Absolutely, Ben. So, look, uh, the first game tonight for Harden and Embiid. We're going to we're not going to learn a lot tonight. We're going to know a lot more, though, about 10 days from now. That's when you can really start making a little bit of judgment on how those two are meshing. Paul Carr, we have some picks across the pond. EPL, Carabao Cup. Coming your way next, Paul Carr in a numbers game here on Visa.
0: If you dare,
3: Ben, I'm more than just the final score with one game parlay at Ben MGM. One game parlay is designed to make you select within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. So log in to your Jam account now and create your best parlay before the game starts with One Game Parlay. If you're new to Jam, sign up today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 with the bonus code VSIN1000. Plus, you'll earn Jam rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps for rooms restaurants, and more at 20 MGM resorts nationwide. Try one-game parlay today. The promotional offer is not available in Nevada and Mississippi, and one-game parlay not available in Washington, D.C. It is a numbers game here on v I'm Jeff Parles. Ben Wilson is here as well. Happy to be with you. And now with us, True Media Networks, it is Paul Carr. Paul, uh, we're hitting the quartet in the last two weeks with you here on the show. That's right. It's a big time for soccer. The
1: Champions League, gets going again. All the European seas are, are hitting the home stretch. MLS starts this weekend. So it's all happening.
3: So let's just start with the MLS before we get into your plays for today, because to, to the very casual observer, they'll be looking at their score apps tomorrow and be like, wait a second. There's actually <laughs> MLS games. It's February. But Paul, the season starts because of the, the World Cup being guitar being played starting in November. So early start here for the MLS. Uh, NYFC off their defending uh, somehow won the MLS cup last year, steamrolling through winning in penalties in the final. Uh, that may be the team we're looking at again in the futures market.
1: Yeah. If I'm looking at the top, those top five, six teams, as favorites, I I'm looking at They're uh, about nine to one. You know, their underlying numbers were probably the, generally the best in MLS last season. They didn't finish first in the regular season, but they got through the playoffs. So, and most of their players are back. You know, maybe they lose some, during the middle of the season to transfers, but that's kind of the case with just about everybody. So yeah, if I'm looking at the top uh NYCFC, maybe Philadelphia can take a step forward with picking up some strikers. They're around 10 to one. I, MLS is so tight that I feel like you could make a pretty good case for or against just about anybody in the top half of the league. And I mean, I guess the goal is really kind of get a good price now because yeah, we get to the playoffs. NYCFC is going to be, you know, about half what they are now uh, at best. So that's, that's the only advantage really here to look at the futures right now.
3: Well, and also too, the one thing that's very different here with the MLS than essentially every other soccer league in the entire world, there's actually a tournament at the end of the year, yep. as opposed to basically every other major league in the world trophy goes to whoever won the league in a regular season with no playoffs, Paul.
1: Yeah, the numbers will look very different. It's kind of an interesting thought. I mean, you can bet Supporter Shield, which is the most points. You can bet that some places. Uh, Don't see it in all the books available there. But yeah, it would look very different if it were... You know, I, I would guess the numbers probably be about half of what they are for the most part, just because you're taking out the randomness of the playoffs. So yeah, NYCFC, Philadelphia, Atlanta, maybe a decent long shot at 20 to one. Uh, they have about as much talent as anybody. Uh, Joseph Martinez should be healthy. There's some questions in the midfield for them, but every team's got some questions. So yeah, I, I feel like we could run, just run through those top 15 teams and it could make a pretty good argument for or against taking a play uh, taking a flyer on them for the MLS cup.
3: No, hundred percent. Why it, It's usually a pretty wide open league. It's even more wide open now, as more teams get added to the fold, uh, Charlotte, the uh, the new team this year in the MLS. Paul, uh, before we get to your picks, also uh, EPL-wise, Man City's leads down to three points. Liverpool yeah. has gotten hot. Uh, just a few weeks ago, City was minus 1,200. They're still a pretty significant favorite, but minus 350 is a, a lot shorter than minus 1,200, Paul. Yeah.
1: Things are tightening up three points. Uh, They still have to play each other in April. That game's at man city. So uh, that's obviously a a point in city's favor. So yeah, I'm not jumping on the Liverpool bandwagon. I'll actually have a future on them from the beginning of the year at five to one. So I'm I'm sitting on that and feeling a little bit better about it now, but more than anything, just for the entertainment of it all, it's just better. You know, we're not going to have this league decided in early April with eight games left, like happens occasionally. Yeah. We want to see that title chase. We want that city Liverpool game in April to be something, even if there's a Uh, you know, six to eight point gap. It's kind of the last gasp maybe for Liverpool. So yeah, I'm not thinking city will blow it. I think they're still deeper and more talented on the whole, but Liverpool last month has been playing as well as any team in the world.
3: Liverpool and Man City on April the 10th. And that of course will be in Manchester there. So be a tough task for Liverpool, regardless of how you slice it there. Uh, Paul, let's go to your picks. We'll start tomorrow. uh, Leeds and Tottenham the first game up.
1: I like goals in this one, Jeff. And, you know, what do you want to play? Over two and a half, over three, over three and a half? I think you could justify any of those. I'm playing over three at plus 110. Leeds defense is a disaster. They have conceded 34 goals in their last 10 games. Oh, boy. Which is the most by any first division (laughs) team in 10 games since 1964. So that's bad. Uh, and injuries are part of the problem. They've rotated through so many center backs, and they're still dealing with those. And and Tottenham has been better under Antonio Conte. They you know, blew it against Burnley uh, in the previous game, but Kane and Son have been playing much better together, uh, better chances, more shots, more than anything else. So I think we're going to see goals one way or the other from this game. I played over three at plus 110.
3: 19, anytime you can get a 1964 in in English football, which back then it was not the Premier League. It was just referred to as... The first division back then, yep. Football League first division in 1964. Jeez, that's, that's wild there from Leeds. But, uh, again, over three for Paul, taking advantage of the leaky defense for Leeds uh, against Tottenham. And then, also on Saturday, Man United against Watford. Man United coming off a draw against Atletico Madrid in Champions League earlier in the week. Watford currently sitting in relegation zone, Paul, in 19th. Yeah. So I'm playing both
1: teams to score in this one at minus one Oh five. Essentially it's playing Watford to score. Uh United scored in all, but four of their premier league games this season. And two of those were against city and Liverpool that they didn't score in. So United's at home. They're going to score a goal. Uh, Watford. I, I just think United, especially kind of the defensive midfield part, it, it leaves holes. We saw it against Atletico Madrid is obviously much better than Watford, but they were able to find the counterattacking opportunities. Uh, United really was fortunate to get out of that game with a draw. Uh, but United's given up a goal in eight of the last 10 under Rangnick, and they're giving up double digit shots in a lot of those games. So I think Watford's going to have plenty of chances uh, you know, in the 10 to 15 shot range. I think they sneak a goal on this and you, we know United's going to get one, one way or the other. So minus one Oh five, both teams to score.
3: Minus 105, both teams to score for Man U and Watford. Uh, first two games that we talked about are on Saturday. Now we go to Sunday, the Carabao Cup, the uh, EFL Cup also as well. Th- this cup has had a zillion different names over the year. Uh, the years, uh, Paul. And, of course, in Wembley for this one, Chelsea and Liverpool, th- one of the two English domestic cup finals on Sunday.
1: Yeah, this is the one with just the top four leagues competing and anytime you have a cup final, any sort of final, the under is always where I'm looking first because it's, it's a cliche, but it's true that teams will come out cautiously. They will you know, tend to not open things up right away. So it takes a little bit of time usually for teams to feel each other out and get going. Uh, you can I mean, pick almost any final. Not everyone, of course, but a lot of them. Uh, so I have played under two and a half at minus 150. Remember, this is a 90-minute bet. So if it's 1-1 one, one and goes to extra time, you win your bet. Uh, just the the caveat that I think everyone who's best soccer has made that mistake at some point. But Chelsea's defense isn't quite what it was last year, but it's still really good. In the last 10 uh, league Champions League games, they've allowed more than one goal only once. Liverpool's defense is playing really well. Virgil van Dijk's back to his you know best defender in the world type of form. Uh, they've only. Only allowed two goals once in the last nine games across league and champions league. And, and they're not just, they're not giving up a lot of shots. They're really just cutting them out before the shots even get there. So yeah, Van Dyke's in top four and Tiago Silva has been great for Chelsea. I thought he was washed up when he joined a couple years ago from PSG, but he's 37, I believe, and, and really in good form as center back for Chelsea. So both defenses are in good form. Uh, I think it'll be cage. You know, Chelsea would love to squeak out a one nil win. Uh, one, one is very realistic. I think going to extra time as well. So under two and a half minus half, minus one fifty is my play.
3: We'll flash the uh, three picks for Paul on the screen now uh, to just recap here. Leeds and Tottenham over three that Saturday. Manchester United and Watford, both teams to score minus 105 on Saturday. And then uh, the Carabao Cup final. Chelsea and Liverpool under two and a half, minus 150. And as Paul said, there, this is for re- regulation time plus stoppage time. So that's the 90 plus whatever they add before that final whistle. If it goes to extra time, which means they were to play into uh, the 120th minute. That doesn't matter for that. So that's only the 90 plus stoppage on at under two and a half for Chelsea and Liverpool. Paul, I feel like we have to do that every time we get into a a knockout stage where it seemingly for people, especially who are new to betting soccer, that's a, that is an easy thing to mess up. Look,
1: I did it when I started betting, I made the mistake. And even once, you know, it's, it's just kind of counterintuitive because it doesn't apply in say the NFL or the NBA. Uh, You know, I've made the plays and then you start rooting for one thing. You're like, oh, I did win the bet or, oh, I already lost it or or whatever it is. So yeah, it's just, uh, it's one of those things I always say, but I think it's always useful because like you said, new people coming in, uh, just may not have it before, or it may not have applied before. You know, you you made a knockout round bet, but it just didn't get to extra time. So it didn't really matter. So always something to keep in mind because everyone's made
3: that mistake. Absolutely. He's Paul Carr. Get him on the tweets at his name at Paul Carr the director of content for True Media Sports. Paul, pleasure as always. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again next week. You bet. Have a good weekend, Jeff. You as well, Paul. Always great to catch up with Paul. We're going to the NFL. That's next, a numbers game here on VEASAN.